you would turn in your Bibles to 1 Peter, chapter number 2, the verse that Corey already read this this evening. We're going to preach about it. As you're turning there, uh, thank you for sending me to camp. Brother Brian, can you turn me up just a little bit? Thank you so much for sending me to camp. Uh, I am honored and privileged uh, to be able to go and minister to our students uh, and uh, to the other churches as well. They are truly a blessing, and uh, I say it every, every time I get an opportunity to preach, but our young people are so easy to minister to because they have such a sweet spirit and so yielded to what God is uh, calling them to do. Um, and this year, they, we won many awards. We do competitions if you've never uh, been to camp. We welcome you to come. Um, but they won many awards. Uh, the most important I'll mention tonight, the only award that I ever cared about going to camp, uh, every year the chairman gives an award for the, the church that is the, has the most Christ-like attitude throughout the week. And this year, Hillside Baptist Church won that award. Uh, and I attribute that to their spirit, uh, their willingness to serve, uh, not only not only from our campers, but also our, our adults that came too. Um, and it's, it's such an honor to be able to serve them. So tonight, as we prepare, uh, get, uh, started on the message, I promise to not keep you uh, terribly long, uh, but uh, let's look into God's word. In second, uh, First Peter chapter number 2 and verse number 9, it says... Um, But ye are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people, that ye should show forth the praises of him who hath called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. So this week at camp, as Brother Corey already mentioned, we challenged our students to live in the light, uh, taken from our text. And all week, our speaker, Brother Joe, Joe Decker Sr., talked about Satan's devices, These are the things that Satan uses to distract us and to get us off track on what we are to do for the Lord. He uses illusions and lures lures to lure us out of the light. And when we fall for his uh, tricks, uh, we stumble in our flesh, we fall out of the light. And we forget often who we are. Remember, Peter is writing this... uh, letter to the scattered Christians uh, throughout, uh, throughout the, the places he mentions in, in verse number one, uh, but they're being persecuted for their faith, and they needed to be reminded on who they were. As, as our young people return from camp, uh, they are going to need your help. They are going to be attacked by, uh, by Satan, by their flesh and even mocked by the world. When that happens, they need a church to remind them of who they are. A person who gets hit on the head is often someone, uh, often, let me, let me restart that over. A person who gets on the he- hits on the head will sometimes suffer a temporary uh, loss of memory, commonly known as amnesia. He tries, uh, as he tries to clear his mind, he wonders, where am I? Or 
Who am I? These questions, uh, these questions remain unanswered until he can overcome his amnesia. On occasion, the Christian uh, can also suffer a spiritual amnesia. Because of a blow from sin or one of the devil's attacks, confusion fills his mind. When we, when we suffer from spiritual amnesia, we forget where we're headed on our journey. And if you've forgotten tonight, we're headed to heaven. And praise God for that. We also forget sometimes that we are the people of God. Spiritual amnesia can also affect on whose we are. That we are God's own precious possession. What God, what God, what is God's charge for those who have suffered from spiritual amnesia? To know who you are. You are not a people who stumble over Christ, a people who question his claims, uh, his deity, who refuse to believe him. But you are a people who believe in Jesus Christ. You are a people who are building your lives upon the solid foundation of God's Son. You have entrusted, or you have taken your lives and laid it upon Him, and you have entrusted Him with your whole being and keeping everything to be centered on Him. Therefore, know who you are. You are the people of God. The people who, are, who he is building up to live with him forever. So the first point taken from our text tonight is know what kind of people you are. And he has several things he gives us in our text. Uh, let's read that verse again. Uh, it says, but ye are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people, that ye should show forth the praises of him who has called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Once a person has believed in Jesus Christ, has uh, believed in God's Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, that person becomes special to God. You are special because you have trusted His Son. Just as my kids are the most wonderful, precious children I've ever met. Why? Because they're my kids. And you can say that about your own kids, but I'm preaching. <laughs> so my kids are wonderful. Because they are mine. Just as you are a part of God's family, He makes you joint, joint royalty with Christ. I love what Romans chapter 8 says. It'll be on the screen, but if you'll turn in the Bibles with me to Romans chapter 8, verse number 14, it says, For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are sons of God. For if ye have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but ye have received the spirit of adoption, where we cry, Abba, Father. The spirit itself beareth witness with our spirit that we, sh that where, that we are the children of God. And if children, then heirs. Heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. If so, be that we suffer with him, that we may also be glorified together. Let's make it clear tonight that if you are a believer, one who has trusted Jesus Christ as your Savior tonight, uh, no matter what Satan might, tries to throw your way, no matter uh, how weak your flesh may be, no matter what the world might say, 
You are a child of God. And let's not forget it. Often, when we do stumble, Satan tries to tell us that God will never take us back. And there are many today who, or who are no longer here that have believed that lie. But Jesus says in John chapter number 6 and verse number 37, All that the Father giveth me shall come, unto me, uh, come to me, and him that cometh to me I will in no wise cast out. God takes every believer and does four things from our text tonight. You are a chosen generation. The believer becomes a chosen generation or a, cho uh, a chosen or elect people. Peter takes this from the term in the Old Testament where God states the same about Israel. In Isaiah chapter number 43 and verse number 20 and 21. It says, The beast of the field shall honor me, the dragons and the owls, because I give waters in the wilderness and waters in the desert to give drink to my people, my chosen. This people I have found for myself. They shall show forth my praises. When a person receives Jesus Christ into their hearts, they become a chosen people. God begins to change you into his image. No, not outwardly by your appearance, but inwardly. He changes you to look more like Jesus from within. Do you know that you don't have a mark on your body that tells people you are a Christian? And if you chose not to live out in your actions or with your words that you believed in Jesus Christ, nobody would ever know. You're, you don't have a glow-in-the-dark spot on your T-shirt. Uh, our camp shirts glow-in-the-dark, if, if you didn't know that. Uh, they wanted me to turn off the lights so that everybody could see their shirts. And I'm like, no. They're like, yeah, you just leave them off the whole service, and then we won't be nervous. We don't, we don't grow a mark to define us. But when a person believes in Christ, uh, God's divine nature is immediately implanted into their hearts. Here's some things that, that God does for us. A person is born again. John 3.3 3, Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. The person receives a renewed mind. In Romans chapter 12, verse 2, Be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may, that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. The person becomes a new creature. 2 Corinthians 5.17, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. The person becomes a new man. Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 24, He that putteth put on the new man, which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. The person receives a new spirit. Ezekiel chapter 11, verse 19. And I will... Give them one heart and put a new spirit within, within you and will take, my stony, take, take the stony heart out of their flesh and will give them a heart of flesh. So you are a chosen generation. You know, you're not here by accident. 
you are also a royal priesthood. The believer becomes a royal priesthood. To to a person who, who has never given their life to Christ, God seems so far away. He seems out in outer space. He seems uh, disconnected uh, with human life. There's no personal relationship and little, if any, fellowship and communion with God. A day-to-day relationship that praises and honors God and brings one's needs to God, knowing that he will hear and answer those needs, is missing from the person who has never committed his life to Christ. God seems untouchable, unknowable, unreachable, out of range from man's affairs. Without Christ, a person has no access and no closeness to God. And, that, and this is the reason why men f- have always felt the need to have a priest, a, bod- a body of people who dedicate their lives to God, who, c- who would carry out the needs of men before God. This is the great thing about the gospel. When we receive Jesus Christ as our Savior, he makes a royal priesthood out of every one of us. No longer do we have to go to a man and present our needs so that he could take it for, before God, but we can personally come before God with our own problems. He gives us open access to his presence forever. We can actually approach God at any time. In fact, he expects us to live in his presence, to fellowship, walk, and live in open communion with him every day. I love what Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 16 says, let us therefore boldly, uh, let us come boldly unto the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. But sadly, how many of us uh, walk and live like we are in the presence of God every day? How many uh, know what what it is to have unbroken communion with God? How many know what it is to pray without ceasing. May God convict our hearts and stir us up to a committed life of prayer and communion with God, to seek fellowship with Him every moment of every day, every hour. So not only are, does he, are we a chosen generation, we are a royal priesthood, we see in our text tonight that, we, uh, that you are a holy nation. The believer becomes a holy nation. This is a very meaningful title for the believer. Uh, Just think about it. God is building a new nation of people. He is drawing people out of every nation of the world and creating a new nation. What is that nation? It is a holy nation. A holy nation of God. Remember the word holy means to be set apart, to be separate from sin. Uh, and the evil of this world, to live a life set apart unto God. This is what it means to, to be holy. Or to, uh, what holy means, excuse me, it is to be different from the world, from its sin, from its evil, and even its death. It means to be separated from evil of the world and set apart uh, to a holy life of, uh, toward God. The person who turns to God and becomes the citizen of this holy nation uh, 
sees a, a, few, thir- a few things. He serves the sovereign Godhead, ultimately. He serves God with all of his being, and that's all that he wants is to serve God. He also obeys God, the laws of God's nation. We keep his word. And we not only read it, but we obey it. He is dedicated to following its customs and lifestyles of God's nations. We live by it. We live by God's word. He also speaks up for and defends the nation of God. God isn't calling us to be separatist. He isn't calling us to move into a convoy somewhere out in the middle of nowhere and keep to ourselves. But he is calling us to be apart from the world so that we can win the lost for him. Exodus chapter 19 and verse 6 says, And he shall come unto, unto, unto me a kingdom of priests and holy nation. These are the words which thou, hast, thou shalt speak unto the children of Israel. You are a uh, chosen generation. You are a royal priesthood. You are a holy nation. And you are a peculiar people. The believer becomes a peculiar people. That is God's very own people. This is the most precious thought that God wants, uh, God makes for us his very own people, his special possession. And possession has this idea of value, worth, and preciousness. Have you ever seen a kid play with their favorite toy? They, they want to take that toy everywhere. Uh, Ethan, he's not in here tonight, but he brought a stuffed penguin to camp because that's his favorite stuffed penguin. It's as tall as he is. But he wanted to take it everywhere. Ryan, with, with his uh, dog, he wants to carry it everywhere he goes. But imagine with me when another kid comes by and tries to take that toy. What happens? Hey, that's mine! Get away from it! It's funny, as, you know, I have two kids, so when one kid sets down a toy, the other kid comes running toward it. And just to touch it, no, 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 that's mine. That's mine. Do you know you are valuable to God? You, you are more precious than gems and treasures of this world. Possession also has the idea of protection and security. We are God's possession, his special people. Therefore, he will provide and protect us and make us uh, secure in every sense of the word. We are his. Exodus chapter 19, verse number 5 says, Now therefore, if we obey, if ye will obey my voice indeed and keep my covenant, then ye shall be a peculiar treasure unto me above all people, for all the earth is mine. So know what kind of person you are, but also know your purpose. And ultimately, our purpose is to bring God honor and glory, to praise him with every fiber of our being. But why, did God, why does God love the believer so much? There's one supreme answer. The second part of our, our text in 1 Peter chapter number 2 and verse number 9 
that ye should show forth his, the praises of him who hath called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. The statement that we might show forth speaks, uh, means to speak forth, to tell out, uh, to publish abroad, to set forth. The word praises means uh, virtues or excellencies, uh, the supreme, the imminent qualities of God. The very task of the believer is to witness uh, for God, to share the glorious message of God. And what is that message? Note in the rest of the verse, the praises of him who has called you out of darkness into this marvelous light. The message that we are to share is the glorious message of salvation. God will deliver every man out of darkness into the light through Jesus Christ himself. He has saved us out of darkness and will deliver us unto the light for, uh, for eternity. And we shall ever be with him. So we are to praise God, to worship him, and we are to proclaim the message, marvelous message of the light of salvation. So Christian, God has already done so much for us. What can we do for him but to praise him for it? Christ has commanded that because of he, he has done so much for us, the least we can do is to proclaim him to the world. Hebrews tells us that it's our reasonable service. Every one of us knows someone who has never accepted Jesus as their Savior. If you don't tell them about Jesus, who will? Maybe you're here tonight and you've been, you haven't been living in the light. You've been indulging your flesh or living in your sin. I saw a meme this weekend and I thought it was pretty good. It says, it said, no matter how far you get from God, it is only one step to get back to him. And that's 1 John 1, 9. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us, forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Maybe you're listening tonight and you can't say that I have one of those things. Could it be that you have never accepted the free gift of salvation? Won't you come tonight? The Bible tells us that God loves you and that he wants you to be a part of his family. So don't wait. Won't you come tonight?